If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Hey there. Welcome to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. My name is Nicole Trick Steinbach, the International Bravery Coach and your host. Now, I made a promise. I made a promise in an earlier episode when I shared that I'm shifting a little bit how I serve in the world and focusing on the skill of bravery, the build your brave framework, and supporting women and people from many, many different industries and walks of life. And this episode is part of that promise. I think this episode is going to be pretty raw. It's going to be a little messy. I'm going to ask that you not listen to this with little ears around if your family doesn't love cursing. It's probably going to help. Or difficult topics. I ask that you come with me on a very personal and very present story. I have some boundaries in this story, and I'm sharing it because it's really important to my brave how this podcast can serve you, how I serve my clients past, present, and future. And quite frankly, you know, one of the original reasons I started this podcast was because so many women in tech who I first focused on in my business self-report that lonely is their most common feeling at work. And sharing stories, my stories, my guest stories, my client stories, sharing stories is the number one way research shows us we can build connection and dismantle loneliness. So I'm going to ask for a little bit of grace. Never told this story before. And while I do have an amazing podcast manager who edits, especially when I I go off on some tangent or my stutter really comes in, I I do believe this is going to be a pretty raw and messy episode, but I hope that it serves you. And if I share something and I don't go deep or 
you have questions or how I say something is a little bit confusing, I'm going to be talking about American situations, German situations, parenting, career, etc. Please pop me an email. Please don't walk away from this unclear or confused, but rather reach out and let's have a quick conversation. Because today I am going to talk about and share living, being, doing with an autoimmune limitation, a disorder, an icky. So a couple of boundaries, as I stated, number one, I'm not asking for, and quite frankly, I'm not open to unsolicited coaching or advice, certainly not oils, and definitely not supplements. I want your business to succeed. I am not open to your pitch. Okay, pretty crystals are very welcome because they're pretty. Okay, second, I'm only going to share what feels right and is in my growth edge. You know, I talk about the concept of the growth rubber band, right? We want the rubber band to stretch and not snap. I will also only be sharing my story. And you're going to hear some specifics later where I say, I don't have permission to share that. It's not my story. And that's all you're going to get. And I thank you already for respecting this. And third, I am sharing everything that follows for a reason. Well, it's, it's actually a couple of reasons. So, and I don't think this, these are in order of importance, but these are the reasons. You know, this is me building my own brave. I promised in an earlier episode that the Celebrate Brave podcast would have even more of me. And so this is even more of me. This is me in the process of the messiness of being human. It's also me being and living in the outcome, in the result of the investments I've made into me since I was, I don't know, 17, 18. The therapy, the coaching, the relationships, the choices, the growth. This is me as a product of me and the service I give to my clients. Ableism, ableism is so real. And it's an area of really significant growth for me, even though I run into it, my family members run into it, some of my clients run into it. It's an area where I continue to grow. And so specifically for my listeners and my community members in the community, in the disabled community, if you hear something and you see areas of growth for me, I am so open. I'm so open to resources, to correction. It is not up to you to do the mental work, the emotional work for me. And if you choose to, I want you to know I am open. Okay. The third reason is 
I felt so alone with my health issues and my family's health issues and and for so long years, really, really years. And sometimes I still feel alone. So when I bravely share these experiences and, and these stories, you know, I'm always, what's the word? Befuddled? Yeah, befuddled. I'm I'm truly befuddled in in all the best way in how me sharing a story or you sharing a story, the loneliness it dissipates in the short term and in the long term. And I want that for you and quite frankly, I want that for me. And the fourth reason is I believe me. I believe all of me. And you are ready to believe you too. All of you. And I want to help with this episode. Okay. Here we go. I've shared on this podcast a few times that I've, I grew up in a, in a situation, a series of situations, <laughs> financial and emotional limitations, violence, abuse, neglect, blame, and shame, a lot of very unhelpful indoctrination, and a lot of grown-ups who were living from wounded childhoods and unwilling, unable, unsupported in a system that didn't want them to heal. I entered treatment for depression around the time, I believe I was 11 or 12. And then for an eating disorder, when I was 17, I was actually hospitalized. And I don't start here to shame anyone or blame anyone. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people and, you know, Some of those people have apologized. Some of those people have really done their work and and some haven't. But it's so important that I start there because trauma, the related hormonal issues, as well as neglect and limited access to healthcare, they have all been shown to correlate with autoimmune challenges, disordered, ick, later in life. This is across all ethnicities and all races. So knowing that my body was full of cortisol and adrenaline from a very young age is important to the rest of the story. You know, in my in my 20s, I continued that. I struggled emotionally and I replicated a lot of my childhood patterns in my intimate relationships, my professional experiences, my friendships, etc. And I also worked like an absolutely insane person. <laughs> I've shared before on here. I worked crazy hours. And I share this because, again, hormones, again, mistreatment of the body, neglect of the body, 
but also because I am so proud that I broke so many painful cycles and and lessons and stepped away from so much indoctrination really early in life, before children, before marriage, before, you know, really significant life investments. And I'm so proud of that. And it is part of my story. Like, yeah, I am grateful. I am so grateful to previous me. Yes, even the one that worked crazy hours. (laughs) I also, you know, I broke a lot of the financial insecurities. You know, my family is fine. Y'all, my family is fine. I paid off all my debt. As an American, that's a big deal. (laughs) When I was 27, I think I was a senior consultant or something. And now I'm 42. I became an executive. Now I run a beautifully successful business. So so do that math. Like I am, I am proud of me. I'm so proud of me. Past me and present me. You know, I also, and this was really, really, really big in my mid-20s. I invested so much in my healing, and specifically with a woman named Andrea. Now, Andrea led me for two years, two years, y'all, through a program. It's from John Bradshaw. May he rest in peace. And I think it's called The Inner Child. It might be called Homecoming. It was a book, and we built on top of this book. You know, at the time, Andrea was maybe five years older than me. And this woman she did not fuck around. Okay. I was this American mid twenties, really suffering. I wanted so much to break so many patterns, so much pain. And I didn't know where to go. And so she offered this to me and we did this work together. And (laughs) for real, she would say things like, Hmm, I mean, not at the beginning of our process. Okay, this is like in the middle and towards the end, right? Two years, yeah. She would say things like, "Mm, good story. Thank you. Okay, now we focus, we heal. Or she would say, "Mm." yeah, after I went on and on and on, she would say, nice excuse. (laughs) Or she would say, I think this is a big lie. Oh man, she was amazing. She was also the very first therapist I had that if I didn't do my homework, our session didn't keep going. I had to do my homework. She did not play. I am so grateful for her. And I am so grateful for former me who stuck it out. It's called a liar. But she was right. She was right. And I'm so grateful. It's also around my late 20s when I started to get more and more tired. I know now that that's a part of healing from burnout. I didn't know that at the time. But I also know that that was among, that was the first, actually. That was really the first symptom that something was going on with my immune system, which totally makes sense now that I know all the research. But I didn't at the time. You know, after months and months and months and months of, you know, uh, 
perpetual gas. Like I farted and burped all the damn time. And that can still happen. I still have those times. I had a lot of poop problems. I had stabbing gut pains. And, you know, I just, I just literally fainted (laughs) from one moment to the next. I just literally fainted. All my blood tests were quote unquote normal. P.S. y'all, we live in a patriarchal system. It is a global system. While this was all happening in Germany, normal, we're going to put that in big ass quotation marks because that's actually for like a white guy who weighs 200 pounds or something. Spoiler, I do not weigh 200 pounds, certainly not then. And I'm not a guy. So quotations around normal going forward. My hormones were quote unquote normal. My all my bodily fluids were quote unquote normal. I got a colonoscopy. I was told I probably had cancer. I didn't. I got a colonoscopy and a whatever the other one is called and <laughs> everything came back quote unquote normal. What jackass even told me and I quote he told me in English, you eat too fast, which is baffling because I would love to have dinner with you or lunch or whatever. I don't eat fast. In fact, especially compared to Germans, I certainly do not eat fast. But that began the ignoring, the blaming, the dismissing, and the silencing of me that is so important for the story. I got married. I stopped working so damn much. Actually, that was in the other order. I stopped working so damn much. I got married. Mm. And then I had three pregnancies. One was a miscarriage. There were two live births. You know, that first or that second pregnancy, the one with my son, it was so difficult. It was so exhausting. Afterwards, I experienced PPA, postpartum anxiety totally different story, massive rant about the patriarchal medical system and ignoring women, but that's for another time. And then my second pregnancy was truly terrifying. I haven't talked about this. It was lonely and um, quite frankly, it was awful. You know, we, we really struggled during the birth. I was on bed rest for about six months. They told me my daughter would be disabled, and we both really struggled around the birth. It wasn't clear going into the birthing room if she was going to be born alive. She was, thank God. And a few days later, I had a massive infection. And quite frankly, I don't think I would still be here with you had I not lived in Germany. And I certainly, if I lived in the United States at the time, most likely would have lost Matilda, but I would also still be paying off massive medical bills. So universal health care, y'all. You want financial freedom? You want to be healthy? Support universal health care. Okay. After that, I got more and more and more sick. I was exhausted. Literally, I was bone worn. And I was told over and over and over and over and over it was my fault. You're a mom. You have little kids. And you're working too? Sacre bleu. Was das kann nicht sein? That can't be a mom who's working. Oh my God. Meanwhile, first of all, I was off. 
for nine and 10 months, respectively, with my kiddo. And if my husband was tired, guess what they freaking did? They took him seriously. So <laughs> patriarchal systems suck. <sighs> I promise, I promise, I promise I'm coming to a point. But this is really important context. Because I was not brave about this. I allowed doctors and nurses and therapists, like physical therapists, occupational therapists, um, midwives, et cetera. I allowed them to ignore me and dismiss me and disrespect, disrespect me and blame me. I hid my truth. I hid that I needed a rest or a nap every single day, even as I was promoted, even as I ran global programs, even as I delivered at an extremely high rate. I hid when I was working sick. I hid that I was getting more and more restricted with my diet, not because of my eating disorder, but because so many foods made me sick. I hid. I was lonely and I was so alone. I knew at some point, because I, I found it in my journals, I knew these doctors were fucked up. I knew they were bullshitting me. I knew they took my husband more seriously, but I also felt powerless. Wasn't as smart, wasn't as educated, wasn't as real. And quite frankly, while I had done a lot of healing, growing up abused and poor, I also lied to myself a lot. Now, I was much more compassionate. I had higher standards. I had more opportunity. But there were certain things that I kept carrying forward in my heart and in my mindset. You know, some of this started to switch because since my daughter was born in such a way, she was getting loads and loads of post-birth and even into toddler support. Why? Because her situation showed up in lab tests and on screens. It was quote-unquote traceable. It was fact-based. And that's how our systems run, right? We weren't able to vaccinate her for quite some time. It was right, right when there was a big outbreak. I don't know why people vaccinate your damn kids, people. Vaccinate your damn kids. And if you're not vaccinated, get your ass vaccinated. So we were huddled. Like everyone had to come to us. She was super weak and we couldn't have her vaccinated. Thank God I cried when we could have her vaccinated. And then, oh my God, imagine me during COVID, right? When the vaccines came up. Anyway, so I saw this being taken seriously. Every little symptom was investigated and listened to. The amount of belief this nonverbal creature was met with was astounding to me. And I will be honest, started to open my eyes, but not for me. Not for me. Because as she grew in health and as she grew in ability and as she strengthened, then my son started to show signs of issues. Now, I do not have his permission to share anything else. And so I'm not going to. You just need to know. He started showing signs. And a moment happened with me. I have an earlier podcast about self-concept changing in a moment. And we had this situation 
It didn't show up in oxygen tests or blood tests or ultrasounds or stool tests or anything. And the doctor started blaming him, a three-year-old. And they started blaming me, his parent, his mother. Excuse me. That's important. Of course, his father was totally blameless, but whatever. And I do not remember exactly what this one doctor said, but I remember I told him in English, we had been speaking in German, and I told him that's bullshit. He is three years old. We will not be coming back here. And now I look back on that and I'm like, oh, I had a moment of self-concept. And I followed what I now call my Build Your Brave framework. I got really clear. Oh my God. I couldn't put it into words, but I had the feelings. And I will tell you, my soul demanded respect and honor and belief and seriousness for my son. You can hear it in my voice today and it's been seven years. I suddenly became the mother who was unbound, who was free of all that indoctrination because I will be damned if you treat my son that way. And I went into momentum like ain't nobody gone into momentum ever before, except for every other mother who stood up for their kid. I cannot tell you how many doctors, schools, and friends, and all the rest where I didn't play no more. I became like Andrea. I did not freaking play. I drove hundreds and hundreds of kilometers to get treatment, to get clarity, to get support. I asked everyone and anyone. And when I mean anyone, I mean fucking anyone who fucked around with us with blame or shame found out really quickly. They had zero access to us, to me, to him, or just zero access around that entire topic. And that remains true to this day. And in this whole process, I stepped into a new concept of accountability. Y'all, I transformed. I imperfectly, but evermore, decided what I was responsible for and nobody could hold me back and also what other people were responsible for. And I believed people when they showed me and when they told me who they were. And then I went right back up to clarity, right back up to self-accountability and then moved through momentum. I always returned to my promise of who I was. And that I believe my son. Ich glaube mein son. Ihm geht's nicht gut. I believe my son. He is not doing well. The reality is I was so lonely at the time. And quite frankly, so was he. You know, family, people we thought were friends. They could not come with us on this pathway. And it was hard. I didn't have the language at the time, but now I know that I was meeting ableism for the first time that I could recognize, but not the last. Finally, about a year into this entire process with my son, I got some answers. Again, I don't have any permission to share that, so I'm not going to. 
And at the same time, I was getting sicker and sicker. And I wish I could tell you that I turned all these lessons from my daughter and my son and my therapy and the neuroscience I was learning and the health I was learning as a result of my son about cortisol and adrenaline and oh, dopamine and all these hormones. I wish I could say I turned that in on myself, but I didn't. <laughs> hey, man, I am human. When I say that being brave is hard for me, I'm telling you the truth. Believe me. Just like you, just like most of my clients, I am more likely to protect other people, be fierce for other people than I am for myself. I am still faster to step in for my son, for my daughter, for people I love, for my clients, for my friends, for my community than I am for myself. Indoctrination is freaking real, y'all. It's real. But it's about, spoiler, it's about that 2%, that 3%, that 4% shift over time that leads to massive transformation. Because we did make massive transformation. <laughs> we made massive risky choices and some of them worked out and some of them didn't. We moved to the U.S. We got more testing. We got more clarity. We screwed up a lot more. We got family therapy, family coaching. We got diagnoses. We learned. Oh, God, it's been messy. And we learned. And I got sicker even more often. And I hit it. And I blamed me. But then the pandemic. Let me tell you about the pandemic. I had been dealing with that point. I had been dealing with thir for 13 years. For 13 years, I had been dealing with growing exhaustion, an ever more restricted diet, rashes, gas, digestive issues, or as I read one time in a Victorian novel, digestive distress, hair falling out, weird acne, weird smells, fainting. All, I mean, oh my gosh, so much. 13 years, 13 years. And then COVID, everything locks down. I, what I now know is I had a big flare up. I had a really big flare up. And since we didn't know anything, oh my God, go back and look at like your social media posts and what you were reading in 2020. We knew nothing. We knew nothing. So I tested for COVID. I was negative. I didn't end up getting COVID until 2022, fall 2022. But the doctors were like, well, we don't know anything about COVID. These tests could be wrong. You could have a new variant. You could have long COVID. Da, 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 da. So they got curious. I think they wanted a paper out of it. And I'm fine with that because they got curious. Oh, my God. So many tests. Most of them in front of my house because it was late summer into fall. Most of the tests in front of my house. People taking blood in front of my house, dropping off stool containers for me to do in front of my house, oxygenation tests in front of my house. <laughs> they were completely covered. I was standing there in front of my house. Nobody knows what's going on. And finally, they're like, your hormone panel is normal. Let's go a little bit deeper. This one little piece that looks a little weird. 
I mean, it's I mean, it's normal quotation marks. But let's go a little bit deeper. Oh, that's interesting. Let's go a little bit deeper. Oh, this result on your stool test—that's within normal, but it's like kind of on the low side, kind of on the high side. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. And guess what? Thirteen years after my first real complaint, all those tests, three times I was told cancer, four times I got a colonoscopy and whatever that other thing is from the top to the bottom. Sorry, I'm not a doctor. I would treat people better if I was. Anywho, um, and all the rest, all the missed days, all the missed memories. I have so few memories. Okay. I finally got a diagnosis. It's an autoimmune disorder. And it's an autoimmune disorder. It's in that like massive, massive autoimmune disorders that seem to correlate with neglect, abuse, poverty, et cetera, cortisol, trauma, adrenaline, dopamine dumps, all the things. Okay. But here's the thing I was told, and I believe now having two years, I think, maybe, I think we're getting up to like two and a half years, maybe even three years of actual treatment for this. Maybe it's healable. We don't know. But it's definitely treatable and it's definitely manageable. But it runs on estrogen. I would love to tell you all about it. I'd love to tell you a name. I'd love to tell you a treatment plan. I'd love to tell you the newest research. I would love to tell you all of that. But guess what? Here's what's fun. Estrogen, you may know, is a female hormone. Guess how often anything dealing with women is researched, studied, funded, hell, even believed in our uh, delightfully patriarchal system globally. Guess how often? Not. Not often. Not often at all. Not often at all. And let alone this capitalistic white supremacist system of the United States, which currently has the largest medical research budget, also the largest profits. Yay. So I can't give you a name. I can give you a random, for me, it seems random set of letters and numbers. And maybe at some point it'll be profitable and women will actually matter and it will be researched. Who knows? But the healing. The healing. Because through this process of curiosity and through this process of me taking what I learned, watching my daughter and my husband be believed, watching me step into my brave for my son, I brought that in. I finally brought it in five years later. And I moved through doctors like freaking water. I was like, nope, this is my opportunity. That person does not believe me. I want someone else. So I created a medical team, a medical team who said magical things to me. And I am going to cry. A team who said, I believe you. Let's look again. Let's look deeper. I believe you. I stopped sleeping. 
for in between 13 and 18 hours every single day. Now I sleep somewhere in between 9 and 12. Depends on the day. It depends what's going on. It depends if I'm, you know, battling something. My delightful kids came home, (laughs) right? I do rest every single day, but I believe we should all be doing that. Middle of the day, 20, 30 minutes. I sit on a beautiful chair. I look outside my beautiful windows. Maybe I drink coffee. Maybe I drink tea. Maybe I read a book. Maybe I just sit there. I have added in so many foods. Y'all, I lived without garlic. I have learned and I have healed. And and while treatment, I'll be frank with y'all, it was rough because basically they, I don't know if this is the right term, they flattened my digestive system and rebuilt me. It was rough. But I am in awe of what belief can do What I did for my son, what all those people did for my daughter, they did for me. However, I did it first. I believed me first. And yes, huge privilege is wrapped into this. I was diagnosed. I could work from home. I have a partner. I had access to insurance. And after the summer of 2021, when it was clear this was completely unrelated to COVID, it became quite expensive to the tune of thousands of dollars. Very expensive. And that that privilege, all of them, that I am white, that I'm an English speaker, that I am tall, that I was a global executive, All of that, all of that is real. And it was my belief and their belief, their commitment to clarity, my commitment to clarity. They're just just this flicker of belief would constantly, constantly relight the candle of my own belief. So look, I still struggle. I said this was going to be messy. This is so messy and this is so long. And if you are still listening, I honor you. (laughs) Because I'm actually coming out of a flare-up. You know, I get frustrated. Sometimes I miss the signs. I'm also going through perimetopause. Guess what else is not researched? There was just this huge, this is in uh, 2023, early 2023. There was this huge article in the New York Times about how we've been lying to about perimenopause. So, you know, I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to my body. And now looking back just a few weeks, I can see that there were a lot of symptoms that I missed and I dismissed until I woke up last Sunday and my face and my entire body was so swollen. I could not get my bra on. I could not get socks on. My digestive system was locked. And I had to go to urgent care. They gave me medicine that my body didn't respond to well. I got even sicker, even more swollen. I had to go to, uh, it was a whole process. 
there were weeks of growing signs of a flare-up because this is part, maybe it's healable. We don't know. See lack of research. See patriarchy. See capitalism. See white supremacy. Right? But it is manageable. So yes, I made a series of mistakes and I don't love that. But I also made even bigger, even bolder, even more beautiful, and even braver series of choices for me. Because I believe me and I know how to build my brave. It's a process. It's a long process sometimes. And that's brave. Because honestly, besides parenting, which is, oh my God, the bravest thing I've ever done, this area, loving on me as I am, all of me, believing all of me, this is the area of my life where I use the most bravery, where I most often go into my own workbook. Y'all, for real, I go into my own workbook and I do the exercises around self-concept, around building a plan around making decisions, clarity, momentum, accountability. Because this is my health. This is my body. This is my experience. And yes, this means I can disappoint others. And I will be so real with you this time. I had to short notice and reschedule client sessions, a lot of them. I missed a group coaching call for another program that I'm within. And I, I, I spent hours and hours waiting for spontaneous healthcare in the United States. Y'all, again, universal healthcare. I have never waited as long as I have to in the United States. And I have been treated in six or seven different countries that have proper care. Universal healthcare. And I had all the feelings. I had guilt. Guilt for being, quote, unreliable you know, what healthy, ableist, white, capitalist, patriarchal systems call reliable. I was so annoyed at my body systems. I was so annoyed. And I went through massive, massive fear. It actually, this whole thing, instigated, triggered a trauma flashback. Like, This shit's real. And yes, I may have disappointed others, but I'll tell you something. I did not disappoint myself. Am I going to put in more business systems so that my people are always served? Because this will, this will happen. I have an autoimmune disorder. I have an autoimmune disorder that runs over estrogen. It is not studied. And I am also going through perimenopause. I have a family. This will happen. Life happens. Health happens. I'm going to put more systems in place for my business. I've hired a person who's going to help me do that. You know, last year, I extended all my clients one month for free because that felt like the right thing to do. I canceled a small group session where I was being asked to educate and I returned the payment. They were pissed. They were pissed. Pissed, 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 pissed. It's okay. I didn't disappoint myself. I was brave. I chose me. I believe me. I missed 
all of the start of the school year this year because I had COVID and I needed three weeks. I needed three weeks, so I missed everything. And just this year, I've had to cancel two weeks of sessions because first my kids brought home a nasty digestive system. Oh my God, it was gross. Which, hey, I have a hormonal disorder. Guess what? My system gets messed up. My system gets bloody messed up. And then this time, because I had a full-on flare-up that needed steroids and urgent treatment and emergency treatment and all the things. Oh, God, steroids for real. For real. Ugh. But you know what? I'm going to refer back to one of my clients who has an earlier podcast episode, Caroline. And she brought in the quote from Brene Brown. Belong to yourself first. Because while I was short notice canceling my clients, here are the messages I got. That these are that this is every single message message more complicated than please get well to date. I'm bummed, but I want the best version of you. I'll send you a voicemail to keep working on this topic. And then we sent voicemails back and forth as I had energy and as I could focus. And then she wrote, how are you still this good? Sick. Thank you. Another client wrote, and some of these are edited for um, shortness. Thank you. I'm actually sick today too. I'm going to call out. First time this client has ever done that, ever. Next client. This is why I love working with you. You really are brave. Talk next week. And when I shared about this on social, because I, y'all, I am working on my brave. I got so many thank yous and I needed to read this and I'm sending you love and I can see you leading a whole new generation of leaders who bring humanity to work and change how business is done. This is my biggest issue. How can we talk? And then I got so many private messages. I'm hiding too. I'm actually working sick today. I don't know why our medical system is so awful. I needed this reminder. I have to love my system a little bit more. As I was reading this, wrote one person, I realize it's time for me to leave. It's time for me to find a place that I fit, that can, that can work with me. That one was hard to edit down. It was a really long message, but you get the point. And of course, I have had people get angry at me. Oh my God. Two clients in the last two years, two clients have canceled and told me that I was unreliable. Two. Like full on wrote me or told me very specifically what was wrong with me taking care of myself. And that's okay. Everybody is on their own path. But I am grateful for them. I believe the universe gives us opportunities. I don't believe the universe challenges people. I just don't, doesn't, doesn't serve me to believe that. I believe the universe gives us opportunities to confirm our beliefs. And they did. Yes, I was hurt. I cried. I cried a lot. But I am also so grateful 
because the two clients who took their spots when they quit, those two new clients, they both needed to work with someone exactly like me. All of me. And this is what I want to share with you. Beyond the whole story, which I hope that story reduces your loneliness, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, no matter what your story is, no matter how you're running into systems that suck, like ableism and patriarchy, white supremacy and capitalism and all the things, right? Homophobia, transphobia, right? Whatever you're running into, here is what I want to share. You are not going to fit just everywhere or anywhere. And thank all the gods. Thank you. Thank your ancestors. Thank the gods. Thank the universe. Because there is a place that not only will you fit, but that needs you. For me, there are clients who need me, all of me. And for you, there are places that need you. Not just tolerate you or allow you to smush yourself in, hide huge pieces of who you are. No. Places that have a perfect space and an ease and a flexibility to reshape that just for you. And sometimes you will think you found that spot. Sometimes I think I found that spot. I'm also going through this right now which I'm sure did not help my flare up. But, you know, I, I was with an organization that I thought was the right place. And, and then it turned out I was wrong. This organization did not want my voice of critical feedback, respectful, but critical. My voice of reconciliation, my voice of them holding up their promises. So they started deleting stuff. They didn't answer emails. It was There was a lot of blaming of not just me, but lots of people who were speaking up. And so they get none of me. They get none of me. I deleted every single thing in that space, in that organization. And I wish them all the best. And they get none of me. And part of that is because I changed. Part of that is because the organization has changed, right? So this, this is an ongoing process. Like I said, it's a long beautiful process. And it does hurt for a time, but it's a growth hurt, a learning hurt. You know, in in the book, My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Menachim, it's called a clean hurt, an experience of turning towards and belonging to you, all of you. An experience that that leads to a lot less stress later. This organization I'm walking away from, yes, it hurt. Yes, it spun. Yes, it was a part of my flare-up. I'll tell you what, man. It was like four months. Not four years. Four months. This type of hurt... This type of growth, it leads to a lot more ease, a lot more connection, a lot more opportunity. I see it in myself and in my clients all the time. A lot more 
quote unquote, right or better for you. It's a lot more self-love. It's a lot more self-acceptance for you and for others. It's a lot more self-love and then love for others. In short, it's a lot more brave. And you, you are so ready for that type of brave, especially if you've listened to this incredibly long, messy, raw, vulnerable episode. You are ready. The world is also ready. You are ready to believe yourself more than any broken system, any unhelpful indoctrination, or any other well-meaning or not well-meaning people. You are ready to get clear. Become who you want to be, who you were born to be. You are ready to build your momentum that serves you. And you are ready to embrace accountability that frees and empowers you all of it, all of it, all of it. You are ready. Even if you feel like me, I, my body has been shaking throughout this entire episode. And I'm ready. It's the stretch of the rubber band of growth. It's the pain of growth. It's the growth hurt, the clean hurt, the learning hurt. I'm ready and so are you. You know, I started this episode with four reasons. One is a continuation of the promise I made to bring more of myself to build my own brave. To share, ableism is real, y'all. It is right. Three, to reduce my own loneliness, and I really hope yours. And four, because I believe me, all of me, and you are ready to believe all of you too. Thank you so much for listening to this. Please share this with someone in your life. This is a raw, messy, vulnerable message, but it's also most likely the bravest episode I've ever made. I mentioned at the top, if you have any questions or feedback, or if you see any sort of ableism, ignorance, unawareness in me, I want to hear from you. I'm on socials, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. And my email is Nicole at TurksteinBach.com. You are already brave. And I can help you build your brave. You'll get clear. You'll get moving. And you'll get free. You will stress a lot less. You will work less. And as a result, you will learn more. But most importantly, most importantly, 
you will love, accept, believe yourself. And I don't know a better way to end this episode. With love, until next week, brave it up. Hey, before you go, if you find the brave concepts I share in this podcast useful and you want personal in-depth support to reach your brave goals, I invite you to apply for my six-month one-on-one Build Your Brave coaching package. I coach you and I teach you everything you need to know to get clear, get going, and become your brave you. Imagine you and me together for six months building your bravery so that no matter your goal, no matter where you're starting, we celebrate your results. You will stress less, you will work less, and you will earn a lot more. Go to tricksteinbach.com and schedule your consultation. Till next week, brave it up.